challenges. But first, our top story takes us to Pennsylvania, where a steel mill has been ordered to pay out over $4 million to two trucking companies. Senior editor Clarissa Hollis is here to shed some light on this story. Clarissa, thanks so much for joining us. $4.6 million uh, headed out from a steel mill uh, just basically due to the fact that they decided not to pay carriers to move their stuff, correct? Correct. And in this case, yes, I in talking to the attorneys, there was no clear reason why um, they decided to stop paying the invoices. So the the products were delivered. And then when the invoices, they received them um, and they just decided that maybe it, it wasn't and it was in the middle of COVID, you know, like kind of the start of COVID when kind of the this happened where um, they, you know, the in the jury found as well that they um, had received acknowledged that they had received the invoices and had just decided that um, not to pay them. So Re Republic Steel has been now ordered to pay this $4.6 million, as we mentioned. Seems like this is a pretty cut and dry court case, right? We're looking at about three days worth before that decision was handed down. Was this simply just a matter of fact? Like, hey, you guys got your invoices, you got your products. You didn't pay. This is clearly on you. Yeah, the jury found that Republic Steel had breached its contract with these two um, companies, um, BMAC Trucking and DMAC Services. And, um, and, and also that they assigned, you know, interest to um, the, you know, to what was owed and, and, and the judge in this case upheld the jury's um, decision. And, um, you know, as, you know, I later found in working on the story that Republic Steel, the same day as the, as the judge upheld that decision, um, decided to, um, lay off 500 employees in North America. And, and so is it a coincidence or not? Or, you know, the timing is a little strange, you know, you know, like in this case, that the, the, the day that they were ordered to, to make payments, um, you know, that the late, due to unforeseen business circumstances, the decision was made to, to lay off employees at their mills. As the kids would say, that decision is a little sus. Yeah, yeah. As I was going to say, just along, just along those lines, is there any kind of a thought to an investigation as to all of a sudden, hey, you lost money, therefore you're going to lay off people, therefore where's the money in the first place? And just a lot of questions here. Absolutely. And the employees you know, in, in in watching some of the localized coverage from the area were blindsided, had no, um, you know, inkling that there was going to be uh, uh, any layoffs until, you know, th that day. And then it was like, okay, don't come to work tomorrow. And initially, um, you know, when I talked to the state that handles the WARN Act notices, um, they couldn't, they kept coming back and I'd check every day and they would say, no, we haven't received one yet for Republic Steel. And so it, um, there was an error and it was sent to a different office. So it was like 12 days before this state um, did receive um, the warn um, notice, you know, that, that the they, they were temporary idling um, or indefinitely idling the, these facilities until um and and listed the, you know a lot of the people that were going to be impacted by 
by these layoffs. So, Clarissa, the other interesting piece of the story is that Republic Steel isn't an independent company. It's actually a subsidiary of a group that is based in Mexico. Is there any repercussions that could be going to their parent company as well? Or does it kind of die with Republic Steel because they were the ones directly who did not make the payments? Well, in in researching the story, there's some, you know, there was some, which I wasn't able to confirm, that there were some claims that that production was going to be um, slowly moved to Mexico um, as a result of, you know, diff, you know, the economic times and and maybe a cheaper labor of force in Mexico. But um, the the company, the the parent company and the subsidiary didn't uh, respond to my request, you know, to find out more about what happened and what their plans are um, going forward. Seems like the kind of story that we may hear a little bit more of here recently because in talking with uh, Thomas Watson and others talking about how people are kind of lagging behind in terms of paying their bills going net 30, net 60, net 90, net 120, and, and so on and so forth. It seems like this might be something that we see a little bit more of here in the near future, uh, but hopefully not to this extent. Correct. I, I think that a lot of carriers are finding themselves um, in, in this type of situation where they're having to wait or try going with a quick pay type service to try to get paid, um, you know, quicker um, than having to wait, you know, three or four months to, to get paid for work that they've done. That raises a super interesting point, especially because through the pandemic, we saw kind of this rise of different payment methods from factoring to your supply chain financing that a lot of folks are starting to use. Do we start to see you to run the risk of maybe these tactics getting some scrutiny from even a federal level and them starting to put restrictions on the ability of other of companies of shippers to use this type of financing in order to make sure that the carriers do get paid so that we don't see this continued IS non-payment from other groups. I, I yes, I, I think that that there has to be some level of to, you know to make sure like trucking companies, even some of the larger ones don't have, you know, are operating on a lower margin than typically they, you know, we've seen in the past. And so um, you know, that they need to be paid as well, you know, as well. And, and, and they're, you know, yeah. And they're, you know, can't wait four months, you know, to pay, you know, cause they have so many, so many operational costs and driver pay and maintenance, you know, things that they need to take care of. And so I, I do think that, and, and some of the factoring companies, you know, are, you know, are trying to keep up with the demand out there, but you know, there's a lot that's going on right now that kind of was unforeseen. We're thinking that maybe we're seeing things on the rise, but who knows? Clarissa, just to wrap this up, is there a timeline for when the payments needs to be made or is there a possibility that Republics may default on this as well, given that the fact that they've they've basically nearly shut down, if you're not shut down, but they've uh, laid off 500 workers uh, in, in hopes to try and stay alive here? Well, they have until like around the September 10th um, deadline to decide if they are going to appeal, you know, the judge's decision or or if if they're going to pay, you know, that that's kind of the time frame. And we're still waiting 
um, to find out if, you know, I, I've checked the docket and it doesn't appear that they've filed anything as of yet, but the attorneys for BMAC and DMAC said, yes, you know, like as well, look for something to be filed around, um, you know, September 10th, September 11th regarding um, this case to define what Re Republic Steel's next moves will be. It'll be interesting to watch, and I'm sure that we will get an update on it as we get closer to that date. Clarissa, thank you for joining us this morning, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on today. All right, let's move over to the wall for our first carrier update of the morning.